Was the night before warp tour when all through the pit, not an emo was moshing, not even a bit. The guitars were all placed on the stage with care, in hopes that the band would soon be there. Pop punkers were anxious, their hair blue and red, while visions of stage dives danced in their head. Mike pushed his way to a spot near the bar. He sipped on a seltzer and I PBR. When up on the stage, the lights dimmed to black. The band began playing their very first track. Away from the bar, I flew like the flash, just as the cymbals started to crash. The singer stood tall, his voice big and loud, as he looked up and down the angsty young crowd. We listened intently while he yelled with a blast, Happy Christmas to all! Now you all kiss my ass! Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas, special Mike. Happy Christmas, special Keenan. Even though Christmas has come and gone, we thought it'd still be a lot of fun to talk some Christmas music. That's right, Keenan. We figured. We kept everybody waiting long enough in 2022. What's one little bitty extra couple days for our Christmas special this year? That's right. Now, Mike, how does the Christmas special work again? Well, Keenan, if you remember in years past, the two of us, your beloved co-hosts, each pick four songs and um, then we talk about them. Don't our friends, friends of the show, typically suggest their own pop punk Christmas songs? Nope. Just us, Keenan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you solicit any advice? Because I did not. I did not. We decided <laughs> to go back to the basics this year. It's all about us, Mike. I think last year we did ask people, and the recommendations did not come flying in. So We got a few good ones. Patrice gave us one. Tommy Lindemann gave us one. That's true. We did. Oh, man. Well, we're already releasing this after Christmas. We did not have time to ask for suggestions this year that's true it's like if santa just didn't ask you what you wanted for christmas and just gave you whatever the hell he had lying around do you think sometimes santa shows up a few days late not every single parent out there is on time getting presents right there has to be a few out there yeah you wake up out of a drunken stupor and just like that's actually the best time to go shopping there's probably a lot of good deals after christmas yeah so many discounts so many good sales so we're just those delinquent parents and at the end of the day, all that matters is the time spent together, Keenan. That's right, Mike. The special memories. So special, Keenan. Well, I got to say, Mike, we have a pretty good lineup this year. I think it's a pretty good combination of like hard rock, hard hitting pop punk songs and some true to the original covers, right? Yeah. And our artists range a great deal more than usual. I kind of just chose a couple of my favorite Christmas songs and whether or not they truly fit the pop punk genre, I just went with it. And we'll see those coming up along the way, but they're still pretty fun. All right. What do you say, Mike? Should we embark on this magical journey together? I think we should. Let's do it. Track number one, 
Blink 182's Not Another Christmas Song. This song dropped in 2019, Mike, so one of the more recent songs I think we're going to discuss. Actually, I think the most recent song we will discuss. Yeah, this is one that I actually hadn't heard of, Keenan. so this was your choice. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, I saw it listed on here, and I'm like, I thought we already covered all the Blink Christmas songs, but no. Uh, well, it's not another Christmas song, but it still does have some details in regards to Christmas. Isn't that right? It's still Christmas adjacent, that's for sure, Mike. The first thing I wanted to point out, Mike, this is the old school Blink lineup, the classic Blink lineup with Matt Skiba, <laughs> vintage Blink-182. <laughs> At this point, yeah, this is a very dated song. Yeah. These guys aren't even a band anymore. No. It's cool, though. It's fun to go back to that sound. Obviously, it's not the original Blink sound and the original Blink lineup, but it is reminiscent of the older, well relatively older skiba sound <laughs> yeah this this is this sounds so much like 2016 skiba yeah, i know <laughs> that 2016 to 2020 skiba uh era but i don't know this is a fun one to start with because this is one of the more punk rock ones it's that classic punk rock negative view of christmas they're literally saying this will not be another happy pie in the sky christmas song and boy is it not keenan I thought this was interesting. It kind of details a relationship that has lost its luster. You know, Mark sings, can we get divorced for Christmas? Because, you know, nothing feels like it used to. They're falling out of love. They don't do crazy stuff anymore, like going out and getting twisted or uh, making love in the rain. Or Was that the line, Mike? Making love in the rain? No, I'm not going to say the real line, but you can get the general idea. <laughs> okay. That would take up too many um, syllables in the chorus. You can't just say, making love, and it's just too long. Yeah, and I think it's a little too wholesome, too. Well, I can't agree with all of the um, talk of divorce, and I don't want to think about that in my own personal life, Keenan. I was thinking there is a certain aspect of Christmas that makes you consider what's changed over the years and a lot of the time it's good things that have changed but in this case he's remembering his younger self and in this case him and his partner as their younger selves and he's longing for that carefree adolescent joy of Christmas as opposed to this miserable adulting whatever Christmas that he's now faced with yeah I think this is like more the realistic or the real life impression of Christmas. And we've discussed this before, Mike, but a lot of the more popular famous Christmas songs throughout the years are talking about this magical time of year when all of a sudden your problems are just fixed and everybody's super happy. 
that's not always the case. That's come up in previous Christmas specials where, you know, people get to the end of the year and they're feeling super burnt out and they're forced to put on a happy face when really bad things are going on around them. So I think that's what this is saying is like, even though you get to the end of the year, it's not always just going to make everything all of a sudden better. And that's what Blink is discussing here. It's like, okay, you're still in this dead-end relationship that's not going anywhere, and you're trying to navigate that through the holidays when everybody else around you is seemingly super happy and celebrating. Yeah, there's always talk of New Year's resolutions and new beginnings, but all your crappy day-to-day problems don't necessarily end as soon as the calendar turns from December back to January. You still have to deal with all that stuff. Yeah, and sometimes the holidays even bring out the worst in people, which it clearly does in this scenario. But- Outside of just how negative and aggressive this song is, it's a nice sounding song. The chorus is like insanely catchy. Um, I'm surprised you haven't heard it before. I think I remember hearing it when it dropped a couple years ago, but it isn't one that I remembered. It was actually uh, kind of fun going back to it. And talking about aggressive, did you happen to watch the music video associated with this song? The music video is very aggressive. (laughs) It's so gory. It's very gory. Uh, Gratuitous, I believe, is the term that i would use but it features the christmas staple of claymation that's right it's the band claymated is that is that a verb yeah sure. okay <laughs> they are claymated how would you describe it i don't just never heard that before but yeah that sounds right to me it's only used this time of year <laughs> <laughs> that's right the most wonderful time of the year they're playing a show at the north pole at least that's my speculation because yeah. there's lots of elves around. Mm-hmm. And the whole video is basically just terrible things happening to these elves. Like, I don't necessarily think they all die because they show up at the end with like disfigured bodies and <laughs> <Yeah>. faces. <laughs> so they live through it. But they just get like completely messed up the entire time, including attacked by one of Santa's reindeer. So it's, yeah. it's pretty entertaining, honestly. But. I was a bit surprised going into it. I was not expecting that. Yeah, the elves are just massacred throughout the entire music video. But yeah, it's just chaos at the North Pole, essentially. Kind of funny, kind of entertaining, but I also came away from it like, ooh, I don't feel great watching that. <laughs> but whatever. Then I just throw on a, a old school claymation Christmas movie and feel better. Right. I am always amazed by, assuming they did do this the old-fashioned way and not like a CGI way, which... I'm not really skilled enough to tell the difference. I figured they did it the old fashioned way where you would literally like move the figures and take a new picture and put them all together. I thought so. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, I was very impressed with some of the things they did. The one that stood out was when Travis like twirls his drumstick around his hand. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really cool. So it does feature some artistic elements as well, not just like uh, graphic violence to shock and awe you yeah although that is a pretty big part of it (laughs) sure is all right track number two yellow cards these christmas lights
This is a song from 2013, and it was on the album Punk Goes Christmas. That's part of that collection, Mike, where punk goes dot, 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 like punk goes pop, punk goes acoustic, punk goes hip hop. There's a whole bunch of them, and they're all pretty entertaining. But this is from the Christmas-specific album. That's right. I'm sure we've covered a couple of those before because it's the best place to look first before (laughs) you do any further research. That's right. That's our cheat sheet. Just figuring out what songs on this album we have not done previously. Yep. Well, this was a good one. This is just a nice sounding, heartfelt, yellow card song. The song itself, it's almost like two different songs. The first half is super slow, almost kind of somber. And then the second half, it really picks up. It gets loud and powerful. But yeah, overall, just a great song. I said the same thing. When the drums come in after maybe the first chorus, but it's almost like like a marching sort of drum line. And I think it really starts picking up from there. And I kind of saw the two halves of the song as the first describes Christmas night, another fight. And then this guy is out on the street walking around town, looking at all the Christmas lights, reflecting on, you know, what's going on in his life. And I see the second as almost like, you know, it starts to pick up. It gets a little bit more hopeful. And it sounds like, like maybe he's realizing, like, I need to rectify this. Like, this is my life. And this is... um Obviously, the person in this song seems way more important to him than the person in the Blink song. Yeah. It seems as though he's, he really wants to salvage this relationship and and focus on the important things and not just another fight that they've just had. Yeah, well, at its core, it's a Christmas breakup song, really, which is why it's kind of a nice follow-up from that Blink song. It's also kind of a sad, negative song during the holidays, but it reinforces that message that not everything's fixed during the holidays. If your relationship is in a bad place, Christmas is not suddenly going to fix that. I agree with you, Mike. I think that's exactly what it is. It's this guy who was just broken up with, who's trying to navigate what's supposed to be this very special happy time, but he doesn't feel those emotions. And again, he's surrounded by people that are all out celebrating. Yeah, it features a nice little homage to the Christmas classic, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. He says, may all your troubles soon be gone. Those Christmas lights keep shining on. And uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, one of the lines is, from now on, our troubles will be miles away. Mm, Um, And I always thought of that as like a very nice line, like, hoping for a better future than, you know, the present or the past. So he's kind of doing the same thing there. Yeah. There's one line, Mike, that says, I took my feet to Oxford Street trying to right a wrong. So we know that yellow card's from Jacksonville. And I went to Google Maps and I looked up, oh, I wonder if Oxford Street's a real place. I couldn't find an Oxford Street, but I did find an Oxford Ave. And when you go to the street view in Oxford Ave, it's this street that sort of ends 
by a nice park by the ocean. And he talks about, you know, walking by the ocean, walking down the street. There's a big church there too. And I imagine that's a place where there would be a lot of lights and some big Christmas displays. And it looked like a peaceful place just to kind of, you know, go and clear your head. So in my mind, I'm picturing him like leaving this fight, walking to a peaceful place in Jacksonville where he knows, you know, he can have some freedom and some space to really be with himself. So I wonder if that was a reference to a real spot. We've run into confusion before about yellow cards, demographics, like yeah. where they come yeah. from. <laughs> Their origin story, yeah. <laughs> right. We always assume they were from the West Coast and here they are from Jacksonville. Yep. I had seen your well-researched Google mapping and tracking and, and all that. Did you find it? Did you see the location that I was talking about? Uh, no, but oh. <laughs> I have some a piece of information that might blow your mind. It probably oh, won't, but... Okay. Let's hear it. So, <laughs> are you going to refute my claim here? Because that's going to really crush me. The, no, the fact that you did all that and that it worked out that way is incredible. Because what is the most famous Oxford Street that you know of? Uh, one in London. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this was originally a Coldplay song. Wait, what? Yeah, they released this in like 2011. Wait, did you always know that? Yeah. Oh, now I feel like an idiot. No, I wanted to wait because I, I read everything you posted Damn or that it. you wrote. And I'm like, holy crap, it's incredible that you're like, oh, it's Oxford Avenue in Jacksonville and there's this church. Oh, no. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Is this like a well-known thing? Am I just an idiot? I don't think Coldplay's Christmas song is a well-known thing, but <laughs> it's it came out right around the time when I was really into Coldplay. Is it played on the radio? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe this time of year, but... Well, yeah, obviously this time of year. <laughs> what else would it play? <laughs> on the Coldplay Vault on Sirius XM. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Was... I didn't connect it, but I started listening to the song. I'm like, this sounds familiar. I must have listened to it before. I'm like, I did, but it was the Coldplay version. So, yeah, all the things that you talked about are absolutely correct, but I'm guessing... Chris Martin was talking about Oxford Street in London oh. and maybe where the city meets the River Thames, which is probably more visually stunning than <laughs> the church. Jacksonville, the mean streets of Jacksonville. The church on the golf course or whatever. Yeah. In Jacksonville. No, it looks cool, though. I'll show you it. There's a pretty cool street view and it looks like a pretty nice place. There's like this nice park and um, there's this pretty legit church there. So uh, I think I'm right, Mike. It's very possible that Ryan Key made that connection and just thought, what if he just thought Chris Martin wrote it about Jacksonville too? Yeah. Oh, he's been to my neighborhood sick. <laughs> uh, no. You'll have to go back and listen to the Coldplay version because yeah. uh, it's a similar sound. And like, obviously, this is a kind of as more upbeat as this song could possibly be. Uh, this is it. But yeah. yeah, it's a pretty song. And I was... I was very surprised because they came out so closely to one another. Like Yellow Card covered this so closely after Coldplay first wrote it. Yeah. Nevertheless, a, a really nice job with their rendition of it. Well, it's funny listening to it. And I've heard this song before, but every time I listen to it, I'm like, wow, this is like a really well-written, nice sounding song. Yellow Card, like massive props, guys. I guess it makes a little more sense. Coldplay are, you know, as good as Ryan Key is as a songwriter. I mean, Coldplay is, they're in their own league. So, yeah, it makes a little more sense now. They're definitely more known for the ballady type of song right. that this would fall into. And 
we've seen Yellow Card do some really nice, like, meaningful writing and and such over the years. We talked about the Ocean Avenue album, and there's a couple songs on there, but you're absolutely right. For them to just put out, like, this, like, deep AF Christmas song would be <laughs> yeah really kind of crazy, especially after, like, is this after they originally had broken up, or is this right before? Because they broke up or disbanded at some point right around this time period, too. Yeah, I actually forget what those timelines look like. That would be especially funny if it was like, here's our one of our deepest songs ever, and also we're taking a break, yeah. so thank See ya. you guys. But no, they listened to the original, and well, why don't we just throw it in here? That would make <laughs> sense, too. But... I think they really did a nice job with it. Yeah, it was good. I'm happy you shared that info with me. I was going to put it in my notes, but I thought it would be a fun, like, similar to you telling me the graphic novel, the Sum 41 oh, yeah. Billy Jean song was about. <laughs> I wanted to surprise you with the origins of the Christmas Lights song. Thanks, Mike. What a fun surprise. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> sure is, Gina. <laughs> Track number three, Death Cab for Cutie, Christmas Baby Please Come Home. This is one of the songs I was talking about, Keenan. I don't think Death Cab for Cutie is uh, considered pop punk, but I took the liberty of including this anyway because the Darlene Love version of this song, which also isn't pop punk, is my favorite Christmas song of all time. So Favorite Christmas song of all time? Yeah. I've done some pondering on that over the past couple of years since we've been doing these episodes. And yeah, the Darlene Love song, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, is my favorite. So... Wow. Death Cab does a good rendition of that song. I don't think there's anything that could ever top the original, but I think this is a a nice attempt. I would say 
Death Cab is pop punk adjacent, and obviously we've covered bands that we consider pop punk adjacent on this podcast, but the song itself is barely pop punk. It's just a really solid, genuine cover by a quote unquote, you know, pop punk alternative type band. The theme itself, I think, is similar to Yellow Card, which is why it's a nice follow up to that. It's being separated from a loved one during the holidays. I can't decide though, Mike, is it because the couple broke up? between Christmas last year and Christmas this year, or is it a long-distance scenario? You're the expert. It's your favorite song. You have to know, right? Yep. It's uh, actually a song about wartime, Keenan. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to I'm just gonna let you take the lead on all these. Clearly, you know the meaning behind each one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, oh. <laughs> actually, it might be. The original came out in 1963, um, so it's possible they were trying to get that, like, I'll be home for Christmas, like that kind of song where, like, there's this longing and this just intangible thing that's keeping these people apart, whether that be long distance or obligations to serve your country. I think those are tangible things, Mike. War, pretty tangible. Well, yes, but the feeling of longing is intangible. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Um, Fine, the thing itself is tangible. But I don't know, you can't hold war. Maybe it is intangible. You're probably right. Yeah, what is war really, Keenan? War, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the true origin of the song is, which I haven't looked at, it's just about that feeling of missing somebody. And in this case, the same with Blink comparing Christmas's past. You know, we've had these great Christmases before, and now, for whatever reason, you're not here. Like, was there a breakup? Was there just a reason they couldn't be together? In any event, they miss them, and it doesn't feel like Christmas without them by their side. So it's very emotional. Yeah, and I think a big part of the holidays is the relationships, right? And so if you can't experience the relationships, you can't fully experience the holiday. It got me thinking, Mike. Has there ever been a Christmas where you weren't able to spend it with either your family or with Abby since you guys have met? Was there ever one where you just felt like there wasn't a big part of your life there? There have been Christmases where Abby had to work. Oh, really? Not too many because she usually works on Christmas Eve because they have to do one or the other. Mm. So usually she's there on Christmas Day. But there have been at least one or two where she has to go into work on Christmas Day so we don't get to spend the actual day together. Damn. But, I mean, you know, it sucks, but I also see her, like, the day before and the day after. So I wouldn't really compare it to this song where it's like, <laughs> I never know. If... not overseas defending the country. It's a little different, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are actually probably, like, the nice Christmas mornings. I just stay in my PJs until, like, <laughs> 2 o'clock. That's true. I don't think she's had to work once since we've been married. So it's just... In my parents' house, in my PJs until 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I gotta say, a lot of these songs are so far to me because I really don't think there's been a Christmas yet where I've been separated from my family. I think every year through you know college, my young adulthood, I'm pretty sure I've been able to spend it with at least my immediate family. So being kind of alone during the holidays is not something I've had to experience. We have friends who live in different cities. We have friends that live on the West Coast that for work reasons or for, you know, travel reasons or money reasons, they're not able to make it home. And that's just got to be such a downer. Yeah, I'm sure they make the most of it. But 
I feel like that's something you don't consider when you decide to make those big moves. And they come for a variety of reasons. I'm not saying you don't have a good reason for moving or living somewhere else. But yeah, I feel like then that time of year rolls around and it's like, oh, man, like I'm not going to make it home this year. Like I didn't didn't think about that. So I'll add like the past couple years have been kind of wacky, too, with COVID. Mm, that's true. I can relate a little bit having not seen extended family for a couple years now like last year we were all ready to give it the the old college try and then a couple cases sprouted up and we just called everything off so yeah that sucked and so this year could be like the first return to normal christmas for us which knock on wood like hopefully i don't jinx it that's going to be nice too because i miss all those traditions that we haven't done the past two years just out of uh precaution and and safety for you know the older members of the family or you don't want to be the person that brings covid to christmas so yeah good point i guess that's one thing i forgot to mention the one outlier is covid year in 2020 i remember we did christmas eve like six or seven of us sat outside for a couple hours and ate separately in our own little areas of the driveway for Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, I literally spent the entire day by myself in my apartment. And I Zoomed with my parents were on one screen, my brother was on the other, and then my sister and her family were in the fourth screen. So yeah, I guess that was the one where I was truly alone. Um, But everybody was, so. Yeah, it was like a novelty at that point. And then- It was like, whatever. Yeah, and then last year, everybody- was like, all right, back to normal. And then like the week of so many people in my family got COVID. Yeah. And it was like, well, we can either try to have it and those people wouldn't be there anyway. And the rest of us will probably get something. And it's just not the right time to do stuff yet. So yeah, uh, this year, everything's back, man. The flu's back. RSV is back. COVID's still hanging around. So just, you know, get sick and go out. Everybody's doing it. Hell yeah. Live your life, brother. But yeah, it'll be nice to try to have some normalcy this year. So we have like three or four days to go. I'm really hoping that I don't get some email in the next couple of days like, hey, blah, 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 has got COVID. So we got a bail. Classic blah, blah, blah. Maybe I can come to your family Christmas party if that happens. You're certainly welcome to. Thank you. Or if both of our families get sick, then you and I can just do it together. Just you and me. Right. Like when... um. Like when you were little and somebody would get the chicken pox and then all the oh, parents yeah. would like... You'd have like a mixer. Yeah, come on, kids. Go get the chicken pox and <laughs> yeah. get that out of the way. The pox party. Like if me and you both have COVID, we can just hang out. That sounds great. I'm in. Chicken pox don't exist anymore. Did you know that? I did not know that. Are you sure? They give kids a shot now. They don't get them. Yeah. Oh, you mean there's a vaccine for that? I didn't realize that until Jack got it. I'm like, wait, you mean kids don't have to go through a week <laughs> of like itching their skin off? That's oh, pretty man. cool. Yeah. These kids these days, Mike. Did your family do that? Like, just get all the kids sick at the same time? I can't remember. I think, like, my brother, sister, and I all ended up getting it at the exact same time. But I don't know yeah. if that's because my mom forced it upon us. I remember my cousin, Allison, one of us got it first. We were at my grandparents' house, and they just stuck us in the bedroom and, like, <laughs> closed the door. That, yeah, that was, like, a real thing. And they're like, okay. And it's like, we got oatmeal baths. It was actually pretty cool. Like, do you remember oatmeal baths? Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to take one after this. (laughs) (laughs) The McPoyle brother? Yeah. It's the only way I can feel clean these days. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds relaxing. Uh, 
I prefer cream of wheat, actually. <laughs> Stop All saying right. things. Okay. Each one will just get funnier. <laughs> uh. Track number four. Four years strong, somewhere in my memory. Now, Mike, Four Year Strong dropped this song in 2016. This is an original, right? They wrote this. No, Keenan Coldplay actually wrote this <laughs> Oh, one. another one. No. This is actually about wartime. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a more modern cover of the Home Alone song. Aha. Uh-huh. I did know that, Mike. So if you didn't know what it was called, I think there's like a, a chorus of children singing it in the first one, but... It's somewhere in my memory. So it's a very beautiful song. John Williams wrote it or composed it, and he really knocked it out of the park. I'll make a very uh, technical note. I looked up the lyrics. This is actually the version featured in Home Alone 2. Oh, it was in both movies? It was in both movies. Uh The first Home Alone featured a line that said, Christ, the joy of Christmas. And they removed that line for the second movie. They got Jesus out of it. So Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. Keep it secular, you know? Right. It's from both movies, but the lyrics are from the second movie. I just... uh, (laughs) Probably looked into that more than I really needed to. Mike, I gotta say, this is the most research I think you've ever done for the podcast. It's the only thing I researched for this episode, so... Oh, okay. It's very impressive. I never knew the words for the original one. I just thought it sounded beautiful, like in the movie. Yeah. And so I looked up the words this time around. I'm like... Because I wonder, did Four Year Strong actually write words to this song, or were these the original words? Because I couldn't have told you the... Whether there were words in the original or not, I just remember the, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, just like the Death Cab song that we just listened to, this is just a pop punk band performing a nice cover. It's slower at the beginning, which I think is also truer to the original, and then it picks up a little bit when the drums come in, gets a little bit heavier, a little bit more upbeat, and they throw in a little pop punk flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, do you know Four Year Strong? Have you heard their songs previously? I've heard a little bit of them, but honestly, no, I couldn't tell you much about them. I know they've gone on 
a lot of tours that I I know all the bands are touring with, but I've never gotten too too deep into their catalog. I saw them live not long ago, just about a month ago in November. What? Yeah, no big deal. Did they play this? Uh, they did not play this. It could have been borderline. I was yelling it the whole time. <laughs> play somewhere in my memory, but they just kept saying no. Were they on the tour with uh, former guest Kev Maida of Knucklepuck and Knucklepuck? That's exactly right. This was actually Four Year Strong's headlining tour, and Knucklepuck opened for them. And so, uh, yeah, I was there with Coach Kira, listened to one or two of their albums beforehand to get fully caught up. And they're good. They're a great pop punk band. They're a little bit heavier than most. Mm -hmm. Um, They definitely throw a little hard rock, a little metal into what they do. But uh, they're actually a great band, a lot of really catchy, a lot of really strong songs there. It's funny because there were a couple songs this year of bands that I wasn't too familiar with that I'm like, this is a great sounding band. Maybe I should check out more of their stuff because we might have touched on this before, but like, I feel like of the two of us, you've kept the fandom of pop punk alive with more recent acts. You'll show me stuff and I'll be like, I've never heard of these guys, but they're awesome. So I've heard of Four Year Strong, but I never listened to them because it just feels overwhelming sometimes when you find an artist and it's like, I have to listen to all this music and become a fan, whereas... It should be fun, Mike. It should be enjoyable. I know it should be fun. You're right, Keenan. But hey, but... it's not for everybody. From a Home Alone perspective, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Have we ever gone to this topic before? I feel like we've done three of these at this point. Have we touched on it at all? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know if we have. And even if we have, nobody remembers. So (laughs) that's a great, great thing to ask, Mike. Because Home Alone, Home Alone is up there for me. It's... um, Oh, really? Yeah. I think I could name a a top five, but also I feel like it's everybody's top five. Yeah. I would say it's probably in my top five. I think if I had to name my favorite right now, if you put me on the spot, I'm a big fan of the original The Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that's just such a good Christmas movie. And I also think another really good one is Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think it's just because I love those two guys acting (laughs) in Christmas movies and how ridiculous they are. I've never seen Jingle All the Way, which is... I know. Oh, it's so good, dude. It's one of those where I didn't I didn't catch it when I was like six, and now I don't know if I need to go back to it. No, no, you have to. There's so many good Schwarzenegger quotes. Stop eating my cookies! Put that cookie down! <laughs> oh, man, you gotta go watch it. I watched the Santa Claus recently. I put it on for Jack, and then he like left the room, and I watched the rest of it. Oh, that one's good. Tim Allen at his best. Yeah, they have the new series out now, too. The Santa Clauses or something. Did you watch any of that? No, I didn't. It's on my list. I really want to watch that. Yeah, I think if I had to choose a top, I think It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite. Mm. Um, that's like a, a classic classic. That's literally the most classic of all time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's hard to top that. Like all of that, like mushy gushy, like uh, no man is a failure who has friends. Like that still gets me yeah. every single year. It's like, <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> and then I realize I don't have any friends and I just keep crying, <laughs> but for a different reason. Mike, that's not true. Thanks, buddy. Christmas Story is a good one, too. I was going to throw that one out there. I think as far as classic ones go, the only issue I have with Christmas Story, and again, I love it, and I make sure I watch it once per year, it's just so overdone. The fact that it's on for 24 hours, I think, is cool, but I'm also like, yeah, okay, now I've had a bit of enough of it. The best part about that, though, is you're rarely going to be able to sit down on Christmas Day and watch like a 
whatever with commercials, like three hour movie. So the fact that it's on for 24 hours, I usually catch every part of it just at different times. Oh, yeah, same. Like, I'll pick up. I'm like, oh, I saw this uh, last night at 1130. So let me uh, dive back in right now. Every year, I definitely watch it out of order, but try to catch each scene at some point. Yeah. Track number five, A Day to Remember, Right Where You Want Me to Be. This song is from the year 2010, and it's from their EP, Attack of the Killer B-Sides. What a good year 2010 was. Like, oh my God. One of the best years, Mike. I was a sophomore at Penn State. I remember we had our Christmas keg at Steve Wood's apartment. Hell yeah, you did. We had a keg of beer, and we put Christmas lights on it. Sick. And we exchanged Secret Santa gifts, and it was just, that's like a, something where you, it's so dumb. And uh, looking back, I'm like, man, that was really fun. That sounds really fun, Mike. I feel like Mark Hoppus looking back at my my old Christmases before uh, life really bogged me down. It's like, it was <laughs> great to just get drunk all night. On uh, It was before Christmas break, so it was as close to Christmas as we could get at Penn State. Yeah. You throw on an ugly sweater, you forget about your problems, you yeah. chug some 40s, and yeah, call it a day. Now I have to put kids to bed and... Got to wrap all these gifts. Yeah, spend money on them instead of me. Bah humbug. I will say, though, Mike, this song is probably one of the best pop punk Christmas songs I've heard. And I think it's because it's one of the most normal sounding pop punk songs. Like, this song could just live on its own. I could listen to this in July and still think, wow, this is a great song. It's like vaguely Christmas related. There are obviously some Christmas references in it, but... It's just a good pop punk song. It really is, Keenan. A Day to Remember is another band that I haven't listened to as much as I would like. And if the rest of their music sounds like this song, because I was listening to this one, I'm like, this is an awesome song. And like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to just be, it's like Coldplay's Christmas lights. You can listen to it all year round. (laughs) Yeah. On the Coldplay. (laughs) Yeah, on the Coldplay channel. The theme of this is one we've seen in previous Christmas episodes, a return back to your hometown. Yeah, that's always a fun theme. It's so great. Uh, They say, we're the ones who made it out. We're the ones who they'll talk about. So they're going back home a little cocky at Christmas time. They are, but I think they're also returning home to potentially a long distance love interest, right? Did Mm -hmm. you get that sense? Oh, yeah. You better believe it. (laughs) Okay, good. They actually made it back home. Yeah. And so it's that feeling of, oh, I haven't seen this person in a while. You know, are we still going to be able to connect? Are we still the same people that we were when we left home? So yeah, Mm -hmm. when I hear this song, it's like college break Christmas, as you mentioned. Seeing your friends, seeing your long distance SO for the first time in a while, which is always a fun feeling, but sometimes can be a little complicated. 
it can be complicated, especially when you return home and the gift that you bring is just a song that you wrote for them because you don't have any money to buy them a real present. Yeah. Well, you're poor when you're in college, you know? You don't always have money to buy these, you know, fancy gifts, Mike. That's true. It's funny you said that, Mike, because this song actually reminded me of the song Little Drummer Boy, like the all-time classic Christmas song. Mm -hmm. This is like the pop-punk version of that where it's like, oh, I don't have any money to buy you anything, but let me just use my talents. Let me, you know, play you this little song that I wrote. And I was like, huh, I wonder if it's actually a reference to that or if that was accidental. Yeah, great point. And (laughs) I did think of like... Oh, that's like what a child gives you for Christmas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Here's my like homemade artwork for you. Yeah. I have no money, but I drew you this picture <laughs> and I wrote your name on it. So Merry Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I guess there is something to be said that those gifts are like, you know, they're heartfelt and they do mean a lot. They're special. Yeah. But they're also from poor people. Yeah. That's the one disadvantage. Yeah. What's that? Um, You know, the gift of the Magi? Yeah. That's like a whole like christmas story too where like you give something away for somebody else and then you end up (laughs) i don't know what the original story is i know the one that they tell on christmas eve on sesame street (laughs) if you've ever seen that movie um i don't know if i remember that one specifically but i'll give you a quick briefing yeah hit me with it bert sells his paperclip collection so that he can buy a soap dish for ernie's rubber ducky and ernie sells his rubber ducky so that he can buy a cigar box for Bert to keep his paperclip collection in. Mm. And so they put the other one before themselves. Wow. And then realize that they didn't even need those things. The most important thing was the friendship that they share. So, Oh, that's such a great message. Yeah. I don't, what's the original gift of the Magi? Do you even know? <laughs> um, no, I can't recite it right now. Because <laughs> the other example I have is from the Mickey Mouse uh, Christmas movie that I watched when I was Oh, little. my God, dude. Your worldview is so warped. Mickey <laughs> sells his harmonica <laughs> so that he can buy something from... I forget what he buys from Minnie Mouse, but she buys him a harmonica case. Uh-huh. So it's like... Anyway. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> the point is, if you can't afford a nice present without selling your belongings, just write them a song or draw them a picture or something. Yeah, or do a little rat-a-tat-tat on your... A little snare <laughs> yeah. drum. <laughs> Whatever you got. Drum. I play my drum. We talked about, was that the Almost that performed a cover of that? Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, that was great. You know what I might do for Christmas year, Mike? I might just record a podcast episode for all my family members and call that their gift. <laughs> Actually, this is their <laughs> gift. If you're listening right now, Mom and Dad, Merry Christmas. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. Um, <laughs> if it's okay with you, I'm going to tag along on that. and uh, Sure. You know, I'll throw in a couple bucks and I'll make that my Christmas present to my family as well. Hey, no money needed, Mike. This is our our gift of art to them. Our family does uh, support us, and they do love our art, so I, I'm sure they'll appreciate that gift. Yeah, absolutely. Keenan, you had mentioned that this is a very normal pop-punk song. You could see this being on radio stations all year round, and um, that reminded me, like, there was a music video for this song as well, Yeah, and in watching it, these guys just look like normal guys. Like they were the most n- they do, yeah. normal looking pop punk band. The only thing that would identify them as like pop punk band members is they all have like ear gauges in. I was going to say, yeah. The one thing is like, I think they have some pretty aggressive ear gear, but yeah. besides that, yeah, normal bros. It's just them kind of rocking out at Christmas time. Yeah. Which is fun. And it, it reminded me of, do you remember 
uh, Dave Dixon's basement, the All Right Ballroom. Yeah, I do. Yeah. They might have done it a couple years, but I specifically remember one year they had a Christmas Eve Eve show. Yeah, I remember that. I was there. Yeah. And it was all done up in Christmas lights. So vividly remember that. Yeah. So this music video kind of like, whoa, jog that memory. That was a really fun time, like being home from school and hanging out with all your high school friends and watching some bands play in Dave's basement was an awesome time. So shouts to Dave. Track number six, All Time Low, Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass. In the intro, Mike, I think we were referencing this song a little bit, weren't we? This is a 2011 jam, and it was a bonus track on the deluxe edition of their album, Dirty Work. 2011 was also a great Christmas, Keenan. <laughs> Basically, any Christmas in college was a great Christmas, yes. Yeah. You went to Princeton, I went to Penn State. So that time of year, there's always a snowstorm or two, and walking to class in the snow, and walking to parties in the snow, it's always like... The icy streets add a little bit of adventure to, like, yeah. walking to your next uh, location. It's a fun little journey. Yeah. Yeah. People will, like, fall down. You can, like, slide around and stuff. So. Yep. What was, um, what was the opening that we alluded to? Happy Christmas. Kiss my ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That was dumb. I thought you meant, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael. Yeah, Keenan. Hopefully, hopefully none of our lovely listeners thought we were actually telling them to kiss our A's, because... <laughs> we're not that type of, of boys. No, we were referencing a, a very vulgar pop punk band. But I like this song, Mike. Back to some good old fashioned pop punk negativity. Here we go. It was very negative. I loved how the song is called Merry Christmas, Kiss My Ass. And then during the song, they'll say like crap and stuff like that. Like, yeah. just say the curse words. Yeah. And they also call her a bitch at the end, too. So it's like they will curse, but it's like. I can't believe you did that crap to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of funny. They're like towing that line a little bit. Yeah. But the song itself is about being dumped or being rejected by your crush on Christmas. To me, it sounds like the singer and the woman that he's referencing in the song, they had a past relationship or they had maybe a summer fling, something that was very temporary and fleeting. And the girl doesn't want to pursue anything serious. So the guy enters his holiday and he's trying to, you know, woo this girl and buy her nice gifts and stuff. And, you know, she's essentially just saying, nope, I think I'm good. Yeah. It seems like he's really uh, had it up to here with her, Keenan. There was one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a timeline question for you. I know we'd love to get into the timelines of things. Definitely. So there's a line that says that he hates mistletoe because it reminds him of their first kiss. Yep. But it's evident that this was a summer fling. So do you think they had their first kiss at Christmas and then 
went their separate ways until summer, and now this is the following Christmas, and they've broken up? Or do you think they met in summer, and they didn't kiss for, like, six months until Christmas? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, maybe they connected during the previous holidays, and, yeah. you know, this guy kept trying to pursue more and pursue more, and he thought, oh... The holidays, this is where it all began. Maybe I can recapture some of that magic and she wasn't having any of it. I think that's probably what it was. Yeah, I think that would have to be it because otherwise, pretty sad, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's pretty pissed off about how it all plays out. He's pissed off. Wow, I'm nitpicking lines here. I know you love to nitpick lines with me. It's my favorite. Do you remember... Last year, I believe it was, we discussed Jimmy Eat World's cover of Wham's last Christmas. Oh, yeah. And I stated my frustration with the line, the very next day you gave it away. Yeah. Whereas I thought it should have rhymed with heart as opposed to <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. Well, guess what, Keenan? What? In 2011, All Time Low <laughs> agreed with me, and they completely rectified the situation. All right. Do you know the line I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I do, but let's hear it. They sing, I gave you my heart. You ripped it apart. There you go. Which should have been the original lyrics in that song. Maybe that was them trying to correct it. Maybe they had the same thoughts that you did. No, that's what they were doing. They thought the exact same thing. They kind of took the line from that song. Yeah. Gave you my heart and you ripped it apart, not gave it away. Like, who? Like what does that even mean? <laughs> like, you destroyed the heart. Like, you... Like, <laughs> You didn't just give it to some other girl and like, okay, like you go hook up with him. Yeah, I think All Time Low is just righting a wrong here. They did. In my book, they scored some huge points. I heard that. I'm like, oh my God, like this is really only something that bothers me this time of year. So <laughs> that's good. But I did instantly go back to that place of anger and and remember that. So I love the things that you obsess over, but I, hey, I agree with you. Thanks, buddy. Now, Mike, has there ever been a gift that you've given Abby that she obviously didn't like, like the guy in the song? Ooh, um, probably. I don't think there's been one that she was like overly obvious that I had messed it up because at this point we usually just try to give gifts that each other could use anyway. Like you know what each other wants already going into it. Like you tell each other basically. It, yeah, exactly. When we were dating, I think I reached more for gifts than I do now because I remember the first our first Valentine's Day, I think it was. I got her a pair of white chucks, which Ooh. she had actually said she wanted. That sounds pretty sick. Yeah, so that was good. But then I remember I she she loved Scott Bayo growing up. <laughs> what? Which is like such a weird like person to like. Yeah. That is very random. She loved his like reality show on VH1, but uh there was a point when he was on Happy Days and there was like some catchphrase like Joni loves Chachi or something like that. <laughs> so yeah. I got her a shirt with Scott Bayo's face on it and it just said, I love Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> and like it was kind of a gag gift, but I never saw that shirt again. <laughs> she never wore it? No. Oh. <laughs> like not even like uh, around the apartment PJ kind of shirt. Like oh, it just geez. disappeared and never returned. I'd love to know what happened to that. I might actually ask her about that. She threw it out. She probably won't even remember that I gave it to her. That's how much. (laughs) But, I mean, we've been together for, like, 11 years. So if that's, like, the one gift that I missed on, I think that's that's pretty good. I think that's pretty clearly a gift that's not meant to be sincere. But, you know. And that was, like, our first Valentine's Day. So 
pair of chucks like nice gift for a college kid to give and the scott bayo t-shirt's just an added bonus <laughs> maybe not a bonus but added for sure <laughs> definitely added and then subtracted immediately <laughs> yeah. thereafter do you suck at giving presents yeah i'm horrible everybody hates all my presents so no i really can't think of any bad ones i'm just so good at it mike you want to know what i got her this year yeah, you can say it, because it's going to be after Christmas. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, again, pretty boring and not very personal, but... Wait, can I guess? Oh, yeah. Okay, let me guess. Um, Wait, what was your... You said um, pretty boring. What if you name, like, the coolest present? Um, Well, now I'm going to guess something boring, because you said something boring, so... Just something that you can use. Like, it's boring in that sense. Okay. Um, Toilet paper. Oh, not that boring. Am I close? <laughs> um... <laughs> Kind of. Okay. But, but let me keep guessing. Oh, you're not that close. You're not going to get it from Twitter. Okay. A uh, hairbrush. No. Is it closer? It's just a gift card to a store. Oh, what the hell? I would have gotten there eventually. <laughs> Wait, can I guess the store? Let me guess the store. Yeah, guess the stores. All right. Ulta. No. Am I close? It's like, yeah, it's like a woman's store. Okay. <laughs> but it's not makeup related. Um, Home goods. I don't even know if you would know the name of the store. I only know the name of the store because of her. All right, let me try one more. It's a store in English Village across from 309. Oh, okay. So think about that. Aldi. Picture that shopping complex. 309 Cinema. There's a Trader Joe's. There used to be a Maggie Moo's. That's right. 309 Cinema. Did you hear my hilarious Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's across from 309 Cinema. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, ugh, I give up. Have you ever read... The novel, A Brave New World? No. Okay. Uh, it's a store called Soma, oh. which sells women's pajamas and uh, undergarments. So oh, Sounds nice. Yeah. She wears, like, regular pajamas to bed, whereas I just wear, like, a t-shirt. And um, she has, like, a couple pairs, and they've just been getting worn over the years. So hmm. got her a, a nice gift card to go pick out some new pajamas. This is you subtly being like, hey, stop wearing garbage to bed. Go get something nicer. <laughs> No, it's just like, it's like, it's not even garbage. It was like, used to be nice once upon a time, but now it's like, you know, when your pajama pants have gone through the wash so many times that like the, the waistband no longer like holds the elastic. Yeah. It's just like a, a piece of shit. Like, Hey, Abby, I love your raggedy ass clothes, but uh, <laughs> here's a hundred dollars. Go buy some new ones. Essentially. Yeah. No, she's shopped there in the past and the pajamas they sell are very like, they're like nice and like soft. So. Cool. I wish there was like a market for like men to have like, I know there's all those like online stores that have like men's PJs, but I don't know. And even Jack has really nice cotton PJs, like those classic like ones you wore when you were little, like dinosaur pajamas. Like yeah, those were the best. They gotta make some uh, some affordable adult ones because the ones I've seen are all like really expensive. Yeah, maybe we uh, go into business together, Mike. Okay, I mean that would be a dream. I mean we're already in business together. The podcast business. <laughs> and Mike, before we move on, there was a pretty interesting music video with this song. Yeah, it was pretty funny, Keenan. It featured a puppet, and um, <laughs> a puppet was working at an office with humans. <laughs> they were all prepping for their company office party, Christmas party, and the puppet wanted to hook up with the one woman that worked there Yeah, and uh, was envisioning every other co-worker hooking up with her except for him so uh you know the classic theme of hitting on your co-workers <laughs> yeah i mean i do it all the time i'm sure there are so many people 
that just love remote work because like so many creeps were just put out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, trust me, Mike. I can still creep on Zoom. I do it all the time. It's just uh, on record, which is which That's is right. nice. Yeah. But yeah, it was entertaining. The puppet aspect can't beat having a puppet in a music video or anything for that matter. So we have claymation. We have puppets. We're hitting pretty much all the. The mediums here, Mike. Yeah. And the actress in it, is she anybody famous or notable? She just had a look that like... She looked so familiar to me, but for a second I thought maybe, but I I don't think so. I was trying to look it up because it just looked like, I don't know, I figured I would find somewhere like blah, 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 guest stars in all-time low music video yeah. because it just makes sense because she was a very pretty girl and she was very funny in it, but uh, couldn't find any information on it. So if you know, let us know. Yeah, hit us up. Poppingproj at gmail.com. So we can see what we've seen her in. Track number seven. This one's a little different, Mike. Some 41 and Tenacious D performing a song called Things I Want from the year 2001. Two thousand and one, Mike. That Christmas, not as fun. Rough Christmas, Keenan. Pretty rough Christmas for everybody. Yeah. Hmm. And this song came from K Rock's album, Kevin and Bean Present Swallow My Eggnog, which I think we've listened to a couple other songs from that album previously. We've discussed Kevin and Bean before. It was like some pop punk, some alternative, some rock. It was like a yeah. r- weird assortment of of songs, but they put this big Christmas album together. Yeah. Kevin and Bean really, they were the top of the totem pole back in the day. They were, yeah. Clearly. So Tenacious D was the other artist that I thought, they're not pop punk, but Sum 41's on this track too. Sum 41 doesn't really sing at all, they just play guitar and their instruments, but uh, this is a really awesome rocking track. You can really hear for as much as we discussed Sum 41 really delving into their metal sound, they really let loose on this song. And, of course, Tenacious D is known for, um, you know, being hard rockers as well. So I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I almost can't believe I've never heard this song before, considering I was such a humongous Sum 41 fan back at that time period. And also, I was a fan of Tenacious D. I don't know their entire discography, but they would always come out with a song here or there that would you know, go viral before viral was a thing. But they had a couple of really funny songs and really entertaining songs. So I don't know. This is the first time I actually heard this one. It reminded me a lot of Sum 41's Alter Ego Pain for Pleasure, which was their like metal alter ego. You remember them? Actually, no. I was just going to say it reminds me of the song Pain for Pleasure because there's a lot of the same sounding guitar in this one. But yeah. I didn't realize they had a whole alter ego uh, band as well. Yeah, Pain for Pleasure was their like metal alter ego. And one of the songs that they performed was called Pain for Pleasure. Okay. Well, I know Pain for Pleasure from All Killer No Filler, but yep. 
That's pretty funny. We've discussed three Sum 41 albums, and I'm finding that out on a random <laughs> Christmas song from Kevin and Bean. I know. <laughs> Featuring Tenacious D, yeah. Yeah. This was about the best part of Christmas, just naming all the stuff you want and expecting it to show up on Christmas morning. I know. It was so funny. I mean, this was essentially a quote-unquote naughty boy listing out what he wanted for Christmas. <laughs> I was imagining Sum 41 and Tenacious D sitting in the studio pitching different things back and forth, trying to one-up each other. That's the only way yeah. they could have come up with half the things that were on this list. Yeah, I think most of them were very uh, jokey, silly things. There was one that I was like, oh, man. Which one? They say um, they want to have the Beatles copyrights. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be and like, pretty good. You'd be a lot of money, man, if you had those. That was a good one. Um, a couple that stood out to me. I want to chop Florida off the map. That one was so <laughs> random. It was like they were so ahead of the curve on the Florida hate. But I was immediately thinking about it was probably a reaction to the 2000 election, which happened the year before. And Florida was like the, the holdout and they had to recount the votes. So that's <laughs> probably what they were referring to. But nowadays, like hate for Florida is just commonplace. Yeah. This was all before like the Florida man. Like, yeah. Those memes. Yeah. Yeah. And some 41's Canadian, so I wonder where Jack Black and um, who's the other guy in Tenacious D? Kyle Gass. Yeah, I wonder where they're from, but yeah, <laughs> Florida sucks, right? <laughs> it's good for our vacations and not much else. <laughs> just kidding. I, I, do li- I do like going to Florida. Just, just kidding. <laughs> just for the record. Actually, yeah, you love Florida, dude. Yeah, I was just in Florida. Um, but they say Pamela Anderson's Speedo Top. That's pretty naughty. Ooh, juicy. And also very 2001. Yeah. Oh, totally. I was a big fan of the Moby statue on the surface of the sun. I think that speaks to me as a bald man. Yeah. People say I look like Moby, so um, awesome. I kind of like that one. I think Moby's one of the guys that uh, creeps on his coworkers at the office. <laughs> I mean, he has that look about him. I don't know. I think he has some rough stories from his past. Oh, does he actually? I think so. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was with Natalie Portman. What? Really? He like, quote unquote, dated her for a time when she was like, either not of age or very close to being not of age. Oh, uh, no. For the record, obviously, that's not a good thing. But you're not Moby. You don't know me. <laughs> Nobody listens to techno. What's that from? Some Eminem song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I point out a couple other funny things from this list? Sure. To party naked on a school bus full of nuns. Inappropriate. Also might get you in a little bit, a bit of trouble these days. <laughs> also, yeah, they would probably get a kick out of it. The nuns? Maybe just wear like the, wear Pamela Anderson Speedo bottoms while you party. Oh yeah, that's why you have them. Yeah. I mean, everything is funny. You couldn't write this song in 2022, Keenan. <laughs> you would get canceled. I mean, I think you actually would. <laughs> yeah, but. But whatever. Do you think Kevin and Bean care about cancel culture? Nah, dude. Kevin and Bean rule. I wonder if Tenacious D could do like the Tenacious D thing these days because they were pretty big for a while. And it's so funny. Like, I feel like a lot of people were like me where when you found out that Jack Black was also Tenacious D, it kind of blew your mind a little bit. Yeah. Because it wasn't like as easily researched as it is nowadays. I thought that was cool. Like, oh, wow, the guy from School of Rock is also that makes sense, I guess. Is that your voice from? Uh, yeah, that's how I spoke when I was like thirteen. Yeah, well, that's very cool. 
Yeah. The final track from this year's Christmas special, Mike, Reliant K's Old Lang Syne from the year 2003. This is from their Christmas album, Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand. This was not their only Christmas album, was it, Mike? No, Keenan. So they released Deck the Halls, Bruise Your Hand in 2003, as you just mentioned, after the success of their album, Mm-hmm, which we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. They re-released all of that album with additional tracks included and released the album Let It Snow, Baby, Let It Reindeer. Ah, yes, that's right. So... Let us know, baby. Let it reindeer has all of the former tracks plus some extras. Gotcha. Now, Mike, before we continue further, I got a little bone to pick with you as this is one of your songs. It is. This is not technically a Christmas song. I think this is considered a New Year's song. It is, Keenan. What the hell, dude? You betrayed me. I apologize. It is considered the New Year's song. Ah, mm hmm. I'll be honest, I chose this prior to knowing that this episode would come out between Christmas and New Year's, but now that that's the case, how appropriate. Yeah, it actually works pretty well. You got lucky this time, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) We have seven songs and one, uh, seven Christmas songs and one New Year's song. Yeah. So why'd you pick this one? I've just always loved this song. I think it's a really nice song in whatever rendition it's in. Uh, Reliant K does a very interesting rendition here where it's a cappella and the harmonizing is very reminiscent of the Beach Boys who were one of their big influences. And uh, yeah, I think anytime you get to listen to Auld Lang Syne, it just always reminds me of like everybody celebrating the new year. Like whenever you hear that song, there's like confetti going off and like people hugging and kissing and blowing uh, horns and stuff. So it's just a fun, nice song to end the year with. It is one of those songs that tends to bring everybody together, and it's like one of those special moments at the strike of midnight on New Year's where <laughs> that might be one of the moments where I'm sure there are people out there that still have stuff to worry about, but um, it is like one of those joyous occasions that pretty much everybody celebrates together. So this song does capture that feeling, and I agree with you, Mike. It's a cappella. It's not really pop punk. It's obviously a pop punk band performing it, but it's just a nice vocal song. It's almost barbershop quartet-esque, but mm. really legit, really well done. Yeah. wonder how many takes they did or if they recorded all at the same time or if they did separate tracks. But in any event, they did a nice job with it. 
Are you going to tell me the history? Because I did also do research on the history, Keenan. I mean, I could tell you the history. I know that it's a, a originally a Scottish little ditty there, Mike. Uh, I believe from the 18th century. Yep. Yep. That's what I found as well, Keenan. It's 18th century Scottish ballad. Great. <laughs> and I know that Old Lang Syne was a Scottish title, which can roughly be translated to English as Old Long Since. Or less literally, long, long ago, or times long past, or old times. Yep, that's absolutely right, Keenan. And it just reflects on friends of old, times of old, days gone by, and fond memories that you share with one another. So, what a beautiful sentiment. There's a real reason why it's had such lasting staying power in our in our world. Because I don't know many 18th century Scottish songs that everybody sings on New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you haven't heard the others? All the Just other three that we tend to listen to? Now, Mike, let me ask you, what's your biggest regret from this year? What's your biggest accomplishment? Hit me with it. Let me hear the highs and lows. Oh, um, well, um, no regrets, Keenan. You know me. We always say no regrets. Hashtag no regrets, baby. I don't want to sound like uh, nothing comes to mind. Like all the good things really over uh, overshadow any negativity that I could think of for this past year. All right. What's the highlight, Mike? Highlight is obviously welcoming uh, Patrick Joseph into our family back in March. Big moment. And from there, the whole year is kind of like, you know, they say the days are long, but the years are short. And uh, the year has really flown by. Like He's nine months old now, and uh, it's incredible to be able to watch him grow each day. And, uh, yeah, that really puts things into perspective. So even when, you know, there are rough patches or hardships or whatever, it's nice to have that bounce to recalibrate everything and focus on what's important in life. So thank you to Patrick. He's a... A little bit of a of a troublemaker sometimes. We had to push back recording this by like two hours because he wouldn't go to sleep. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, one day he'll uh, be like 17 and not want to talk to me because I'll be his uncool dad and I'll wish that I could sit in a rocking chair and just rock him to sleep for a couple hours. So... That's kind of what the Auld Lang Syne is, you know. You think of fond days of old. So, to little baby Patrick... I think he's probably going to be my last kid, so. Mm, that's what you think for now, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what about you, Keen Bean? Any, uh, any kids? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you know I haven't had any kids. Yeah. I think, like, you know real regrets. I think the only regret I have, Mike, is not starting season three of this podcast earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That would have been a gimme. Yeah. Come on. It's funny because I could definitely think that and uh, my best moment and, and regret, I guess, coincide because there was a definite reason why <laughs> we put it off. But we're pretty lucky little lads, Keaton, if we're uh, going to be Scottish. <laughs> Quoting the Scots. <laughs> yeah. So that was your biggest regret, Keenan. Was there a proudest moment you had in 2022 or are you just ashamed of it all? <laughs> I'm just ashamed of not starting season three of this podcast. It outweighs <laughs> all my proud moments. <laughs> It's just regret and sadness the whole yeah. year. All right. Well, that's good. That's simple enough. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, I don't know. I'm proud of a lot of things. I would say the biggest highlight is probably finding a special person, Michael. Ooh. This past year, yeah, found somebody pretty special. Don't necessarily want to put them on blast, but if you're following the context clues of, <laughs> of these episodes, a couple name drops here and there, shout out to, uh, you know who you are, and uh, yeah. That's a very touching story, Ken, a very touching tribute. In addition to this podcast being our Christmas present to our families, is it safe to say that this is her Christmas present as well? You'll be giving this episode to her this year as oh, your yeah. first uh, Christmas together? <laughs> What did we talk about? Tangible and intangibles earlier, Mike? She better yeah. not be expecting anything tangible this year. <laughs> you can enlist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Merry Christmas. Enjoy the episode because that's all you're going to get. I'll be honest, Keenan. I hope you have something else up your sleeve because uh, if you don't, next Christmas you'll be like an all-time low kind of situation. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I recorded a podcast and gave it to you. Also a yellow card situation. Also a... Yeah. Uh, Blink-182 situation. Blink yeah. Oh, man. One final question for you before we end this episode. Yeah. Any New Year's resolutions? I never do well with New Year's resolutions because... Because you're perfect. You don't need to change anything, Mike. You're perfect. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't do well with them because I don't make them. All right. I'll be serious. I would like to be more um, patient in everything in life because mm. with kids, you know, patience is definitely mandatory and I have a good deal of it, but... There are times when I get frustrated easier than I would like. And same thing with Abby. You know, we, uh, with, um, raising kids, it's like, it's easy to try to be quick to blame the other person just because they're your tag team partner. They're the person that you're working in conjunction with. And the only other adult that you can possibly blame, just patience overall. That's my, that's my goal. Something to be mindful of in the new year. That's a good one, Mike. I think that one will go a long way. And, I mean, let's face it, you're pretty much practically perfect in every way, but anything you could tweak here or there? I think in 2023, I want to drink a little less, exercise a little more, and also listen to a whole lot more pop punk music, Mike. Hell yeah, Keenan. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this pop-punk Christmas journey. Hopefully you had a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah. If you don't celebrate either, Happy Holidays to you, and hope everybody has a wonderful New Year's celebration. That's right, Keenan. You know, we talked about a lot of things we're thankful for this episode, and uh, we're thankful for everybody that listens to this show, too, because we love doing it. It's good to be back, and we've mentioned it in the past, but thank you all for all your kind words over the years, and... Hopefully, 2023 is as good, if not better, than 2022 for all y'all. 
with all that said, uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for Simple Plans. Still not getting any. Until then, poppunkproject.gmail.com, at poppunkproject on Twitter and Instagram, and patreon.com slash poppunkproject. Mike, let's take a cup of kindness yet for the sake of old Lang Syne. Who should we harmonize for this, like, good Charlotte? <laughs> no, not after last time. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we hope you had the time of your lives. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and good riddance. <laughs> and kiss my ass. Merry Christmas, Bitch. kiss my ass.